Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. This is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor who brought before him, who owed him a huge amount. And since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all of his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with, moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now, when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we're looking again this week at how we can heal, how the power of Christ's forgiveness can heal our deeply wounded hearts. So raise your hand, if you would, with me, if you have ever had trouble forgiving someone. Of course, we all have. Now, raise your hand again, if you would, if you have ever had trouble forgiving yourself. That too. We, we, we all have. We've all experienced this. And this is at the very heart of what Jesus is talking about in our gospel reading today. We struggle to forgive others ultimately because we have not truly accepted the mercy and the forgiveness of God for ourselves. I mean, how many of us have, have beaten ourselves up, accused and condemned and scolded ourselves and put ourselves down and listened to those self-defeating voices inside that say, you idiot, you miserable failure, rather than listening to the voice of God who says, I forgive you and I still love you. Well, then no wonder we have trouble saying to someone else, I forgive you. Instead of trespasses, sometimes the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer is translated, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. When wrong is done, then there is a debt. Something is owed. See, we're into the virtue of justice here. Justice, quite simply, is what is due to someone. 
So what is due to God, who, because of who he is and because of everything that he has done for us, what is due to God are everything, right? Our absolute adoration and love and obedience And every human being, because of their inherent value and their dignity, they also are due our love and our honor and our respect and our help. So then any violation of what is due, whether it's to God or to a fellow human being, then that is an injustice. And now it's a debt. They were due something and we didn't give it and so now we owe And then what we owe accumulates and it compounds and it becomes insurmountable to the point of total bankruptcy. I'll bet enough about us. Let's talk about somebody else. Okay. I'd like you to think of someone who has wounded you deeply, who's hurt you and deeply injured you. It probably doesn't take much to think of somebody, does it? And maybe it's because that hurt is just still right there in your heart, very much alive and festering within you. In my ministry, I have heard countless confessions. And obviously, you know, I don't keep a record of what is said in confession. But I would venture to guess that probably the number one thing that I have heard in confession over the many years I've heard confession goes something like this. I am so angry and I am so hurt by what they did and I cannot forgive. By the way, that is the right thing to do, is to come to confession and be honest about that hurt. But see, this is at the heart of Peter's question, isn't it? How often should we forgive? Or to put it another way, how much should we forgive? Peter wants to talk about the size of sin. Jesus wants to talk about the size of mercy and forgiveness. The rabbis taught that you should forgive someone three times. So Peter is being generous when he suggests seven times. Jesus is ridiculous. He says 77 times or 70 times seven. In other words, never stop forgiving. And don't say, I can't forgive or I won't forgive because if you don't, says Jesus, then your Father in heaven will not forgive you. Nor will you heal. Now, I want to pause here just for a moment to take two quick but very important tangents. Number one is this, that forgiving someone is not the same as enabling them. So when Jesus says that we should keep on forgiving someone, he doesn't say we should keep on letting them do whatever it is that they've been doing, like like ignoring their addiction or substance abuse problems or tolerating their abuse or accepting whatever their destructive behavior might be. Forgiving is not enabling But secondly, is that sometimes someone injures and wounds or violates us in such a gross and heinous way, it is far worse than anything we have ever done to anybody else. All sins are not the same. Some are bigger because they do more damage and they hurt more. But still, the way to healing will not be about the size of the sin, but the size of mercy. So let's come back now to the parable of Jesus, and we're going to start at the end and work our way backwards. 
One servant owes another servant about what would have been a third to a half a year's annual salary. The translation didn't really bring this language through, but a third to a half a year's annual salary. So, you know, let's say tens of thousands of dollars, sizable debt that he owes him. So he grabs him by the neck and says, pay back what you owe. What a vivid description of how we feel when we've been hurt, right? We want to grab them by the neck and just choke them and extract some kind of payment out of this person. You owe me, now pay, make it up to me, at least admit what you did to me. Maybe we even go so far as to say, well, we would never say this, but we feel it, we want to punish them. We want to make sure they get their just desserts. Oh, yeah. If we're really honest, we want them to hurt the way we hurt. And then sometimes, even if they are remorseful and they ask for mercy, we instead choose to imprison them in their debt. Oh, we say we forgive them, (laughs) but we don't forget. We hold it as a grudge. And at times, we'll even use it as a weapon because when the next thing happens, we pull it back out and say, remember what you did to me. It never stops with you. It's always the same. We shut them out of our hearts. And we may even feel justified for it because of what they did to us. But it is a hollow and a false sense of justice. It doesn't work, does it? The debt is still there. And we don't heal. And in fact, now what we're doing is we're adding to our own debt. What a huge injustice, maybe the greatest of all, when we don't offer the mercy that we ourselves have been given, when we don't give to God His due by giving what He gives. When we essentially say to someone, you know what, the cost of God's Son is useless for what you did. The unmerciful servant in Jesus' parable is a ridiculous character. His debt, in the Greek, would be, in today's dollars, about 240,000 years of an annual salary. He owed billions. <laughs> His fellow servant owed him you know, 30,000, 40,000, let's say. Sizable. <laughs> but a fraction compared to what he owed. And that's why it's ridiculous that he can't give forgiveness for such a small debt compared to what he was forgiven. But here's what's even more ridiculous. As you back up in the parable, he told the king, I'll pay you everything. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Not in your whole lifetime, not in 6,000 lifetimes could you pay this back. It was an infinite amount that he owed. So what do you do with debt? If you're the person who owes the debt and you can't pay, or if you are the person who is owed the debt. It doesn't just go away. If you write it off, there's still a loss. Many Christmases ago, I said to Shelley, our boys need lightsabers for Christmas. And Shelley's first reaction was, is that really a good idea? I said, of course, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. There'll be rules. They can only play with them down in the basement where they can't hurt anything, or outside, no lightsabers in the house. 
And then one day, my oldest Padawan had his lightsaber in the family room. You know how, if you know Star Wars, how the Force works, right? Normally, across the room, you can pull the lightsaber to your hand. But that day, the Force was working in reverse, and the lightsaber went, went flying out of his hand into the picture window and broke it. So he broke the rule, he broke the window, and he was broke. I'll pay you everything, Daddy. Yeah, he was like 10. He, I think in his piggy bank he had $15. The, the window cost like $400 to fix. And of course, I covered it. But it was still a loss. It was 400 bucks out of my pocket. It cost me. Mercy costs. It's one thing to absorb the loss of a child's mistake. But see, when that debt is much bigger than that, and the pain is greater than that, then we find we don't have the spiritual strength or the emotional reserves to cover that debt, to cover the loss. And this is why our parable begs then a question. Who? Who can absorb billions, infinite amounts of debt and then not go bankrupt? Who, who can actually do that? Only the Lamb of God, right? Only Him. The Lamb of God can suffer the loss because He is the infinite one. Only the infinite one can absorb all of our sins, all the debts of the entire world, including yours and mine. What happens at the cross is that justice and mercy intersect. Oh, there is justice. What is due for our infinite debt of sin is death. And it's paid. That's justice. And it costs the life of God's very Son. But the infinite immortal one didn't stay dead. So once the debt to death is paid, then what is given is mercy. Infinite mercy and forgiveness and healing. So if we want to heal from the wounds that we've received, then my friends, we've got to stop trying to extract something from someone and make them pay it back. Because even no matter what they do, they can't, just as none of us can. So you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to suffer that loss. But we don't suffer it alone because we can't do that either. We suffer it with Him. We give it over to Jesus. When Jesus says at the very end, you must forgive from your heart, it's not, He's not saying that it, it comes from you, that you need to dig down deep into your emotional and spiritual willpower and come up with it. No, no, no. He means that it comes from a heart that has already been filled with the infinite mercy we've received. And therefore, by His grace, we choose to give what we've received. And then, no matter the size of the debt that we're owed, it never outsizes the infinite mercy that we've been given and that flows through us. I'll ask you again. You ever had trouble forgiving somebody? You ever had trouble forgiving yourself? Start there.
Start right there. Forgive yourself. And here's how you forgive yourself. By accepting his infinite mercy and forgiveness into your heart. Listen to his voice. And then you will be able to give what you've been given. And you will be able to heal. My brothers and sisters, we all have deeply wounded hearts. Let's take a moment now of prayer to ask our Lord to heal those hearts.